Turn with me to 1 Samuel 7. 1 Samuel 7, verse 1. I remember hearing a message about repentance before I came to faith in Christ. But I've heard many messages over the years about repentance. And, and oftentimes I have needed those messages. And I've needed to, to hear once again about repenting of sin. Uh, I think repentance is a good skill for us to have as Christians. Because what it does is it gets us under the spout where the glory comes out, if you so to speak. And uh, helps us walk in the fullness of, of who God is. And helps us uh, receive the blessings and the fellowship of God that he desires to give us. Uh, this scripture tonight uh, actually deals with the repentance of the people of Israel. Up until this point, the Philistines have been defeating them. Uh, the judgment of God has fallen upon their leadership, and Hophni and Phinehas and Eli have been killed. Uh, the ark of God's gone into captivity, and of course, as we know, it's come back. But uh, when it came back, some people looked inside it, and God killed a bunch of people. Uh, some 50,000 people uh, were killed. And so for 20 years, the ark of God has been resting in this certain place, and the Israelites finally begin to long for God. Uh, they begin to seek him with tears. And they come to Samuel, and then Samuel says, you need to turn from your idols. And so they turn from their idols, and God begins to bless them. And immediately, of course, the Philistines see them assembling together, and they come against them for battle, and God strikes the Philistines with confusion, and the Israelites win a great victory. Uh, the blessings of repentance are those blessings that God gives us as a result of repentance. So we need to repent regularly in our lives when sin comes into our lives. The first step is confession and then repentance so that we can live in the fullness that God desires for us. The title of my message is The Blessings of Repentance. And so look with me at 1 Samuel 7 uh, verse 1. Uh, it says, So the people of Kiriath-Jerim came for the ark of the Lord and took it to Abinadab's house on the hill, and they consecrated his son Eleazar to take care of it. Time went by until twenty years had passed since the ark had been taken to Kiriath-Jerim. Then the whole house of Israel longed for the Lord. Samuel told them, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, get rid of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths, Ashtoreths were one of the, the idols that they worshipped that are among you. Dedicate yourselves to the Lord and worship only Him. Then He will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and the Ashtoreths and only worshipped the Lord. Samuel said, gather all Israel at Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. When they gathered at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out in the Lord's presence. They fasted that day, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the Israelites at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, their rulers marched up toward Israel. When the Israelites heard about it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Don't stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, so that he will save us from the Philistines. 
Then Samuel took a young lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on behalf of Israel, and the Lord answered him. Samuel was offering the burnt offering as the Philistines approached to fight against Israel. The Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines that day and threw them into such confusion that they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel charged out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down all the way to a place below Bethkar. Afterwards, Samuel took a stone and set it upright between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, explaining, The Lord has helped us to this point. So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israel's territory again. The Lord's hand was against the Philistines all of Samuel's life. The cities from Ekron to Gath, which they had taken from Israel, were restored. Israel even rescued their surrounding territories from Philistine control. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel throughout his life. Every year he would go on a circuit to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah and would judge Israel at all these locations. Then he would return to Ramah because his home was there. And he judged Israel there and he built an altar to the Lord there. The blessings of repentance. What are those blessings? Well, the first blessing I want you to see is his deliverance. His deliverance. And he tells them to put away these foreign gods. In verse 3 he says, Then he will rescue you. From the Philistines, God's deliverance comes to us when we repent. Uh, That deliverance at salvation, the deliverance from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light comes as we repent of our sins and trust in Jesus. Uh, But his deliverance continues to come to us when you're asking for God to answer prayer in your life. Deliverance comes through the answered prayer that God brings when our hearts are right with God. The psalmist said, if I regard iniquity or sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if if we're holding on to sin, it short circuits our prayer life. There is no deliverance, there is no answered prayer um, without repentance. And so uh, we see this repentance here and they put away their idols Sometimes there's something in our life that has become more important to us than God and we have to adjust our priorities or maybe even get rid of something in our life so that we can serve God wholeheartedly and follow Him with all that's in us. Um, Another thing that's important, I think, to realize is that we need to long for God Himself. One of the greatest motivators to repentance is that relationship that we have with God. To draw near to his presence. And I love what David says. Uh, as he had, he had sinned with Bathsheba. He says, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. God will not despise us when we're broken and crushed in our hearts. And we come in repentance. He'll receive us every single time. Praise God for that. Uh, so if we want his deliverance. David was delivered from the the uh, discipline of God, the, the chastening of God in his life uh, through his repentance. And if we want to be delivered in our lives, we need to repent of our sin as well. Um, so uh, God gives us the blessings of his deliverance. Second, God gives us the blessings of his intercessor. His intercessor. Uh, Samuel here is praying for the Israelites. 
Uh, and then in verse 8, the Israelites say to Samuel, Don't stop crying out to the Lord our God for us so that he will save us from the Philistines. You see, the Israelites recognized that the blessing of God was on Samuel and they wanted him to pray for them because the Philistines were coming. Have you ever had that sense in your life that things were not going well and, uh, and maybe there's some fear in your life and you begin to call friends and you say, hey, pray for me. Uh, I'm in serious trouble. I need some help and I need some support. And, uh, and your friends begin to pray for you. What a blessing that is. But God has an intercessor for us, a couple of intercessors for us in heaven. Jesus is our intercessor. And the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And so um, when we repent of our sin, Jesus can pray on our behalf. But when we're unrepentant, Jesus may be praying for us, but he's probably not praying a prayer we would like. It would be a prayer of discipline. Uh, but, but God will not pray for the prosperity and blessing of a child of God who is persisting in sin. Because the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And so uh, his discipline will be upon our life. Just as it was uh, with the people of Israel, his discipline will be with us. But this will change things. When we repent, not only are, are our uh, lines of communication open with God once again, but Jesus himself begins to pray once again for us. Now, I do believe Jesus prays for our repentance. I do believe Jesus prays for a change of heart when we're astray, but he'll not pray, I don't believe, for the prosperity of a child of God who is persisting in sin. So, if you want the full blessings, if you want the uh, full power of Jesus' intercession on your behalf, become good at the skill of repentance because it, it will help you so much in your walk with God. And so the blessings of repentance, his deliverance, his intercessor. Thirdly, I want you to see his favor. Now, we know that God's unmerited favor is upon every child of God through Jesus Christ, whether we are living for him or not. And praise God for that. Uh, praise God because none of us are perfect. We all need the unmerited favor of God. Without that, all of us would be in serious trouble. But there is also the special favor of God that comes when we're walking in obedience to God. Um, if you look in verse 13, so the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israel's territory again. The Lord's hand was against the Philistines all of Samuel's life. So God is working on their behalf. This is a special favor. This favor wasn't there before. But now that repentance has come, God is blessing the Israelites. His special favor is once again with them. Uh, and he is bringing peace in their relationships, and he is bringing peace in their nation, and his favor is upon them. Do you want God's favor, his special favor in your life? Um, in the early church, when Pentecost took place, the Bible says they were uh, daily in the temple, uh, devoting themselves to 
the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And uh, great blessing was upon them. And, and all the people were recognizing that the hand of God was with them. They had favor in the eyes of all the people. Does that sound like the church today? Absolutely not. Matter of fact, if you go out in the community today and you're persistent enough, you'll come across somebody before too long that will say, I am disillusioned with the church. Uh, Why? Because the church as a whole in our nation, I think, has, has drifted from God. And there's not the sense of commitment and, and surrender to God that there once was. And because of that, God's special favor, I believe, has been removed. Now, thank God, I don't think he's yet written Ichabod over the door like he did with Hophni and Phinehas in, in the temple of that time. But uh, God's special favor comes through the discipline of repentance. And so if we want God's favor so that not only are we being blessed and our families being blessed and our churches being blessed and those in the community are being blessed through the blessing that comes through us, that comes through repentance. You say, well, what about those places where Christians are persecuted uh, for righteousness' sake? Well, I do believe God's favor is upon them. Uh, We see the... Uh, explosion of the church in China, and we see the explosion of the church in uh, in places like Africa, where where there's great persecution. God's favor and the, God's hand is upon them in some mighty ways, and they are walking with God in some very very special ways. But of course, then there's also the favor that's yet to come, because Jesus said, "Rejoice and be exceedingly glad." When men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who are before you. Um, so there is favor yet to come. Paul told Timothy, we, we studied this scripture not too long ago. He said, Timothy, uh, there are vessels for ordinary use. And there are vessels for special use in your house. You, you have that, right? Some of you ladies have a china cabinet. You, get, you pull out that china only on special occasions. And then there's the other dishes you give to the kids, right? Uh, that are ordinary use. If they get broken, it doesn't matter that much. And so, uh, so too, in the church of God, Paul says to Timothy, there are vessels for special use. And he says, Timothy, if you will cleanse yourself from these things, from these these sinful practices, false doctrines, and so forth, you'll be a vessel for special use to God. This is exactly what he's talking about, the special favor of God. It's not that the regular vessels and the special vessels are are one part is unsaved and one part is not. No, they're all believers, but some are able to be specially used by God because they have learned the discipline of repentance and obedience to God. So there's a special favor upon their life. Um, so the blessings of repentance, his deliverance, his intercessor, his favor, finally his peace. Not only does Israel now have peace with the Philistines, they don't have to be afraid of them, but the scripture says in verse 14, there was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. After the main power on the, on the, in the whole region is defeated by Israel. All the rest of them say, oh, we're not going to mess with them. And so there's peace all around them. 
Proverbs says this, when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him. We see this in, in King David's life. Uh, some of his enemies weren't at peace with him, but uh, very soon they were. Uh, either, either God would deliver him uh, through uh, somebody taking care of that person, or uh, they would be reconciled. I think of Abner, who became David's general and, and was reconciled to David and became David's ally. Uh, of course, then you could also look at Solomon's rule. Early in his rule, he had to take care of a few people at the very beginning, uh, but he had this long, peaceable reign in which there was unity and blessing in the land. And so when we have the favor of God upon us, a lot of the problems that we normally would face are taken care of because God's favor is upon us. And, and we can call out to him in prayer, and there's a special... Uh, blessing upon our prayer life as well. Uh, but this peace comes. And then, of course, the peace of God that comes from walking with God. Um, so learn this discipline of repentance. How do we repent? First of all, what is repentance? Repentance is a turning from sin in our own way to go God's way, right? It's a choice that we make. And that choice, if it is a genuine repentance, will result in a change of action. Uh, but repentance um, is accomplished through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in us. True genuine repentance, a true brokenness over sin is not what comes from our old man, our, our old nature. Our old nature wants to rebel against God, delights to rebel against God, but our new nature wants to please God. So how do we genuinely repent? Well, one thing you can do is ask God to give you a genuinely repentant heart. We've been given a promise in Scripture. If we ask anything according to His will, He will hear and we will have it. And we know it's His will for us to repent. Matter of fact, I was struggling with this very issue before I came to Christ. Uh, I didn't, uh, part of me wanted to repent, but part of me didn't want to repent, and I was struggling with it. If, you, if you're struggling with repentance, why don't you ask God to help you? It's like the light bulb went on in my head. Hey, that's a great idea. And so I did that. I asked God to help me repent, and guess what? He helped me repent. So, so do this in your life. If you're struggling to repent, ask God to change your heart. Ask God to uh, go to Psalm 51, pray Psalm 51. Lord, a broken and contrite heart, you've said you won't despise, so help me to have a broken and crushed heart before you and a genuinely repentant heart that you won't despise. Uh, another thing to do is to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to repent through you. Uh, this is a great thing. And, and one of the reasons God has given us the Holy Spirit is for this very struggle against our old nature. Sometimes we think, well, you know, if I'm being tempted or if I'm struggling, trying to repent, I can't go to the Holy Spirit because he's unhappy with me. Wrong. Matter of fact, he delights for you to go to him regardless of your circumstance for help. Um, Peter wasn't trusting Christ when he began to sink into the waves, was he? He was looking at everything around him, and he stopped looking at Jesus. He wasn't trusting in Jesus, and he began to sink. Uh, when he called out to Jesus, what did Jesus say to him? Sorry, Peter, you're not trusting me. I'm not helping you. 
He said, help. And Jesus extended his hand and pulled him up. That's his heart towards you. And so uh, if you're struggling, never hesitate to ask God to help you in the middle of the struggle because he delights to do so. And uh, as you bring that brokenness to him, he's able to put it together and help us to be the kind of person that he wants us to be. Um, We were talking in Sunday school this morning about uh, the time of purification. We've been in Leviticus, y'all thinking, I'm glad I'm not in your Sunday school class. But uh, uh, we've been in Leviticus, and we were talking about the time of purification. There's a 33-day purification or 66-day purification in which somebody could not enter into the temple, could not uh, do the normal things of worship. And uh, we're talking about the fact that it's a picture of the fact that we're not sanctified overnight. Sanctification, though we are sanctified in terms of our salvation, we're made holy instantaneously when we put our trust in Christ positionally. The spiritual growth that takes place in our lives that the Bible also calls sanctification is a process. We don't get there overnight. It's just like a little baby that falls down and gets back up after taking a couple of steps and falls down and gets back up. And the Christian life sometimes can be frustrating. Sometimes it can be discouraging. But understand that there is a process that God will take you through. And as you learn this discipline of repentance, God can begin to teach you and to begin to grow you spiritually so that you can overcome some of these failures that you've had and begin to live more closely and walk more closely with God. And it's a great blessing. And so, recognize that God is on your team. The enemy will tell you the opposite. He'll tell you when you fail, God is tired of you. He doesn't want to talk to you. Uh, You might as well not pray. You might as well not go to church. You might as well give up. This always comes from the enemy. But God says, come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, uh, when you're tired, when you're discouraged in your Christian walk, just come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has given you the invitation, and he will renew you and restore you, and he will give you the ability to repent if you genuinely desire that in your life. Um, Ask God to give you a heart that hungers and thirsts after righteousness because God's given us a promise. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. And so the blessings of repentance, his deliverance, his intercessor, his favor, and his peace. Uh, If you want in on these blessings, make sure you choose regularly to repent in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us what those blessings of repentance are and for giving us some good instruction on how to repent. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do this in merely our own strength, but that you've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us the Lord Jesus Christ and his promise to us that we can come to him for rest and we can come to him to uh, learn his ways because he's meek and gentle in heart. We'll find rest for our souls. And uh, Father, I pray that you would help each one of us to bear connection.